Welcome to Joyful Eating. I'm your host, Jules Clancy, a former food scientist and winemaker turned cookbook author and health coach. I've discovered a simple way to have a joyful relationship with food without sacrificing pleasure or my waistline, and I can help you get there too. Listen on to find out how. Hello, hello, and welcome to Joyful Eating, episode number five zero fifty. <laughs> Very exciting. I have a little celebration here that I've recorded 50 whole episodes of this like in, in less than a year, so I'm pretty excited about that. But anyway, our topic for today, I'm going to share with you why I never get sick of cooking. But before we get to that, my best bite that I had this week, hands down, was I made, um, so for my Irishman's birthday, I got him an ice cream, well, him slash me, <laughs> an ice cream slash a bowling ball, um, no, an ice cream machine. So it's really cool. It's got this like external, like it's standalone freezers. It's like, you know, it's expensive, but it's so worth it. Um, and I made this like roast apricot ice cream. So I had apricots from the farmer's market that I roasted a few weeks ago, actually. And then they've just been in the fridge waiting for me to make ice cream with them. And it was just the bomb. So delicious and so great to be able to like make ice cream and know that the cream was from, you know, the farmer that I love. I know that the cows have been taken well care of, that the eggs were from my chickens, like apricots were from the farmer's market. It was just like really, and the sugar was from the supermarket, (laughs) but it was really good. Anyway, that is enough about ice cream. Let's talk about why I never get sick of cooking. So plan for today is I'll just share the story behind this episode, like why I was inspired to record it. Then I'll share with you why I I never get sick of cooking. And then I'll go through like how you too can change your relationship with cooking so that you're not getting sick of it. Um, And we'll wrap it up with a key takeaway. So story behind this episode was we had over the Christmas holidays, uh, we had some friends come to stay, and one of my friends from Sydney, Aggie, she's you know big food lover like me. And when she comes, we like we always hang out in the kitchen and have lots of good conversations. I just noticed that she's always asking me like, "What? What was that? What was that?" And asking me for recipes for things. Is that on your website yet, Jules? And so we like we love having conversations about food. But she was saying like, you know, she'd been getting a bit bored with like the food that she was eating and cooking recently. And she's like, I love coming to your place because I always get go away feeling inspired with like new ideas to try that are really simple and really easy, but just like gets her excited about cooking basically. Um, and I love having her come because she's awesome company. Yeah. And that just got me thinking about it. And she was also tell- talking to me about she's like she's a doctor and in her, you know, she works in a hospital environment and like all her colleagues, she's like, you know, talking about how so many of them like don't cook and how so many of them just rely on Uber Eats. And they're just, it's pretty amazing that so many people don't cook. And I was like, wow, it's got me thinking about that. And on my, like, you know, just got me more inspired than ever before to help people simplify and just fall in love with cooking like I have, like help it. Because I feel like, you know, there's nothing wrong with eating, getting Uber Eats and there's nothing wrong with not cooking. Like if that's really what you want, but just if you're doing, making that choice out of like not being aware of how amazing cooking can be, like that's, that's not so great. So that's why I decided to call this episode because I wanted to inspire more people to like, yeah, just experiment and it doesn't have to be a chore. It doesn't have to be hard work. So why do I get 
never get sick of cooking. Well, basically it's just because of the thoughts that I have about cooking. Like I never think this is a chore. I have to do it. Like I really, I never think that it's something that I should do. It's something that I want to do. Like I love it. I love dinner time. I love when the boys have some screen time and I get to go into the kitchen, like and create something. And like my thoughts around cooking are all, you know, this is fun. This is like I can, I know I can pull together something really quickly. I know I, if I'm pressed for time that I don't have to be spending hours slaving away at the stove. Like that thought never crosses my mind. So my thoughts are all like, this is fun. This is, a, you know, I love looking forward to this time. Like this is a chance for me to relax. It's a chance for me to be creative. It's a chance for me to create something. It's a chance for me to show love and nurture my family. You know, it's a chance for me to support businesses that I love, like by supporting the farmers at the farmer's market and like all these things that I just, I love about cooking. All my thoughts about cooking are around how I want to do it and not how I should do it. And the other cool thing, like I guess the other thought that I have is I'm also like pretty fearless in terms of trying stuff because, and trying out new ideas because I know that if I mess up and it tastes disgusting, like on the odd occasion that happens, like I trust myself that I'm not going to beat myself up about it. Like I know that I'm a good cook and I'm not going to go into some story about how I'm hopeless and I'm never going to learn and it's blah, blah, blah. Like I don't ever go into that like judgment and shame to, for myself if I do make a mistake. And actually, so last year it was um, pretty funny wasn't so funny at the time though. Like my sister was coming for brunch and I was like making waffles and thought it was going to be great. And her family were coming. We hadn't seen each other for ages. And so I'm like making the waffles and of course, like the waffle line, like the waffles was like first batch sticking. So like, you know, it's, it's such a pain to clean that thing. So you're like cleaning it, cleaned it off, like took like 15 minutes or something to clean it, got it all ready. Okay, right. Next batch, I know what I did wrong. I didn't preheat it enough, whatever. So next batch, same thing. And I was like, ah, like so annoyed with myself. And like I was under time pressure because they like they were coming in half an hour. And I was like, I wouldn't got, hadn't had a shower after my run. I hadn't wasn't dressed. I was like, screw this. I'm just going to go have a shower. I could feel myself getting really frustrated um, and freaking out a bit. So I was like, no, I'm just going to have a shower, get ready. At least then I'm like dressed rest when they gets get here and we can deal with the I'll deal with this waffle thing later. Anyways, I'm in the shower and then I hear like my Irishman like yelling for me and I was like, oh surely he can deal with that. <laughs> Anyways I you know got out as quickly as I could, came out to investigate and there was like a burnt tea towel on the ground outside. <laughs> and so I because I'd been so frustrated, I'd left the stove on. There's a tea towel sitting next to it. It had caught light. <laughs> and so my Irishman had come into the kitchen and there's like this tea towel burning. Um, yes. Yeah, so I could have used that story to tell myself I was a hopeless cook and I should never be doing this or whatever. But of course I didn't because I have all this other evidence that I'm not. And this was just an anomaly. So that's another reason why I never get sick of it because it's different all the time. And that even if it, I do have the worst mistakes, like really like that was pretty bad, then I know that I'm, I'm going to have my own back and then I'm going to be kindness to myself. And, you know, we ended up, I used the rest of the waffle mixture to make pancakes and it was, it was all good. And I guess the other reason why I don't get sick of cooking is because I see it as a joy and a privilege that I am able to nurture myself and my family. Like I, I really see it as this honor that I get to do this every, every day that I want to do it. And it's so, so fun. So, 
if you're in a place where you do get sick of cooking or where it's not something that you're looking forward to, like how can you go about changing it? Well, of course, the first thing is to change your thoughts about it. So like actually reminding yourself that this is something that I'm only doing because I want to. I don't have to do this. I could just get takeaway. I could just get Uber Eats. I could just get a frozen meal, like reminding yourself that you want to do it. And then I think is like the other thing is like building your skills and building confidence because if you're not like we don't want to the stuff that we're not good at, we don't, of course we don't want to keep, we don't want to do it. So the more proficient you get and the more you build your skills around being a good cook and the easier and the more naturally you're going to want to do it because we all want to do the things that we're good at. So like what type of skills are we talking about? There's actually only three really key skills that you need in order to be a good cook. Like you think there's like, it seems really complicated. It seems like there's heaps, but it's actually only three. So first one is to stop relying on recipes, which can may sound terrifying if you're like not a cook, like you're like, ah, how do I do that? And what you want to do instead is like develop a repertoire of what I call muscle memory meals. So they're meals that you can just walk into the kitchen and pull together without having to consult a recipe. Like you just know off by heart that I need this and this and that you can tweak based on what you've got and that are flexible. So like if I told you, asked you to make a sandwich, you could go into the kitchen and make a sandwich, right? So we want to have expand your repertoire of things that of these muscle memory meals, just like the sandwich, because if you have to look up the recipe first and then see if you've got all the ingredients and all those, that's so many hurdles. And when you're tired at the end of a long day and you're really hungry, like those hurdles, they're a barrier to you actually cooking and actually enjoying cooking. So what we want to do is have like build your repertoire of muscle memory meals. And then the next skill is like to learn how to season because like every time you cook, like the ingredients are slightly different. Like the tomatoes might be sweeter one, you know, in in February, say at the end of summer than they are if you bought tomatoes in the middle of winter. Like there's like the ingredients are changing all the time. And so we need to be able to change the seasoning, even if you're cooking the same thing, like the seasoning requirement will change based on the ingredients and how long you've cooked and how long the onions have caramelized and all those sorts of things. So um, learning this skill of seasoning. So when something doesn't taste good, just knowing like what to add, like, do you add salt? Do you add vinegar? Like knowing like what to do to adjust, to fix is really, really key. So many times like I make stuff and it's like kind of okay, but pretty boring. But then after I diagnose and I season, it'll be like, you're really amazing. (laughs) So seizing is like such an important skill. And then the final skill of the three that I think is really important is just learning the skill of being able to substitute stuff because it happens all the time. Like you go and you want to cook something and then they don't have red peppers. And so you're like knowing what you can substitute for that. Or you think you've got soy sauce in the house. And then when you actually go to cook your fried rice, you're like, realize that, oh no, we were out of soy sauce and someone forgot to put that on the shopping list. Like, so knowing how you can substitute just means that you can switch gears really easily. It just becomes this no big drama. You go, okay, I've got some fish sauce. I can do, I can use that. Or I'm just going to season it with salt. It won't be the same, but it'll be fine. Having that skill of being able to to substitute is also really key. 
And then the other thing you want to do, so you want to build your skills. So the three skills that we just spoke about. So build your repertoire of muscle memory meals, build this skill of seasoning, and also to build the skill of substitution. And then the final part to changing your relationship with cooking is really to develop some key habits that set you up to make it as easy as possible. So having the habit of going shopping on a regular basis, so, so whether that's once a week, once a fortnight, even once a month, but so you have food in the house because you know you need to have ingredients in order to be able to cook and if it's dinner time you don't want to have to be running to the store every day like that's another barrier so having that skill of shopping so you've got ingredients in the house is is really key and then this is optional but i think having a building the habit of meal planning is for most people, super, super beneficial. And like, sure, you can get by without meal planning, but just having some idea of what you're going to cook for the week helps you shop in a way that means that you're going to have the ingredients to make some of your muscle memory meals during the week. And by having that habit, it means that you're deciding in advance so that you're doing it all at once. So you're not having to go every day, think, oh, what am I going to cook? Because you've got already got your list. So you're kind of batching that task and making it way more efficient. And you're also batching the shopping so that when you only need to go once a week rather than ducking to the store, and even if you're just going in to pick up a couple of things, like it's at least 15 minutes, like then depending on where you live and how far out of the way the story is, like, you know, it's at least half an hour. So you can save yourself so much time if you just get everything you need on your regular shop or if you get it delivered even better. So to recap, like if you want to change your relationship with cooking, first of all, you want to change your thoughts about cooking. So you want to stop telling yourself you should be doing it until it stop telling yourself how much you hate it. Just change those thoughts. So maybe it's like in the beginning, you can't get from I hate cooking to I love cooking, but maybe you just go, well, it's possible for me to not hate it. <laughs> you know, just gently change your thoughts around cooking. And then at the same time, you want to be building your skills. The only three skills that you need to be a good cook. So my muscle memory meals, seasoning and substitution. And then the final piece is like building some habits to support that. But if you're going to not do any of these, one of these, I, the habits you don't aren't so important, but they will make life easier. So a key takeaway for today is that like, if you want to, it's possible for you to change your relationship with cooking, no matter how troubled and, you know, headed towards divorce it is. Um, so even if you're super busy, even if you've never really cooked, even if you, you didn't learn as a child, like it's never too late. Even if you're 90 years old, like this is a skill that, that anyone can learn. And so if you want to like build the skills that you'll have for the rest of your life, so they compound year after year. And like, if you want to become someone who's a confident, intuitive cook like me, who really loves that time in the kitchen and looks forward to it, then I invite you to join me in um, joyful cooking in 90 days. So it's my new group coaching program where I help you feel excited about cooking dinner in particular. Um, so if you're interested in that, for more details, just go to my website, which is thestonesoup.com. So um, see there's a link in the show notes or just Google stone and soup and you'll find it and then click on the joyful cooking tab and that will give you all the details. Okay. Have a fantastic week. I hope you get something really delicious and I will catch you next week. Bye. Before you go, this is the best part. So if you enjoyed joyful eating, subscribe to the podcast and I'd love to send you a copy of my free cookbook called six ingredients, 20 minutes, simple whole foods for joyful weeknight dinners. 
It's full of easy recipes so delicious they'll satisfy even the biggest food snob. Just Google Stone Soup and you'll find it.